Now, uh, a few months ago, I was down uh, in Bristol, and somebody had said to me that I really ought to go and see a place called Clevedon. And so I went out to this place, and as I was walking through Clevedon, which is a kind of a seaside town in between Bristol and Western Supermare, uh, on the banks of the Severn Estuary, I noticed there was this amazing pier. And uh, I hummed and hard whether I would pay my pound fifty to go out on the pier. I was by myself, and I was thinking I might look a little bit sad walking out on this pier by myself. But I took the, took the uh, decision that I would. So I went and paid my pound fifty and walked out onto uh, Clevedon Pier. And as you walk out, there are some notices up that tell you about the history of this pier. Has anybody ever been to Clevedon Pier just in the last few years? A few. Not many. Well... Clevedon Pier was built in 1867, or that's when work began. But in 1970, under uh, stress, under load stress testing, part of it collapsed. And uh, it was left, really, to go derelict. But in 1984, the money was raised to renovate it. And uh, renovation work started. But it wasn't until 1998 that Clevedon Pier was completely reopened. And it's an extraordinary pier, because I don't know whether you know this, but the Severn Estuary has the largest, or the second largest tidal swing in the world. So between the lowest of the low tides in the Severn Estuary and the highest of the high tides, there is 49 feet of tidal swell, 49 feet of difference between the lowest of the low tides and the highest of the high tides. It's the second largest swing in the world. So the pier, which was built so that paddle steamers could take people across to Wales, this was before the Severn Bridge was built, and up and down the Severn Estuary, had to be able to cope with paddle steamers arriving on a potentially 49-foot difference, depending on what time of day they arrive. So there are platforms all the way up the end of Clevedon Pier uh, for people to go on, depending on where the tide is. What's the most extraordinary thing about Clevedon Pier, though, is as you walk along it, you see all these planks, obviously, which make up the boardwalk of the pier that you're walking along. And as I was walking along it, I noticed that each of the planks had a metal plate on it. And I just assumed these were the things that were holding the planks to the frame below. But I walked further and I realized there were things written on these plaques, on these metal plates. And I just assumed that was the manufacturer of the plate that was built to screw the plank of wood into the frame below. And as I was walking along and my attention was taken by these different, these plaques, I thought, I'm sure they're saying different things. And I thought, oh, maybe they just had different manufacturers. And then my attention was drawn and I looked closer. And each plaque has a different name on it. And I was looking, I was thinking, this is extraordinary. I was thinking, why is this? Why has every one of these metal plates got a different name engraved on it? And I'm a bit slow, and you've probably twigged this already. It took me about another five minutes of walking down the pier to twig that these were the people who'd bought the planks to renovate the pier. And all the way down the pier are these plaques with people's names in them who have contributed to the restoration of the pier. Now, I happened to be in Bristol earlier this week, 
And I thought, I must show you this. This is one of the things that you must see, because it's so extraordinary and actually very moving. So I took a video. And now, what I want you to realize, it was very cold on the pier. And because I was operating the video camera, I couldn't wear gloves. So it's a bit shaky because my hands were shivering and I was trying to keep them still. But watch this video that just shows you uh, Clevedon Pier. Let's look at this. So this up here, this is the toll booth for the pier. There's no sound on this. And this is the pier itself. At the end of the pier, there's this beautiful uh, pavilion, which is where the stairs go down to the different platforms, depending on the uh, scale of the tide, where people can get on the different boats. And you can see all the planks here that go to make up what is a very long pier. And this is looking back across to Cleveland itself. And then down here you see one of the platforms that was built to uh, cope with the paddle steamers coming up and down the Severn, dropping off and picking up people along the way. It was relatively high tide when I was there. Further down there are other platforms that people could get on and off at. Now here you see all the planks, and in a minute, you'll begin to see some of the plaques. And there are over 10,000 plaques on Clevedon Pier, 10,000 people who have contributed to the restoration of this incredible thing. Can you begin to see them? Coming those metal plates. Every single one got a name on it. Here's one. And you begin to see whoever D. Taylor was, he bought a plank, or she, and then alongside them, the three or four others who bought planks, and as you zoom out, you realize there's a whole load of other people who bought planks, and all their plaques are here, and they added theirs to other people's, to other people's, to other people's. until eventually you get 10,000 metal plaques making up the entire length of Clevedon Pier. And along the side, on the seats, can you see there are also plaques on the back of the seats? And people have also paid to have plaques to build the seats along the side. And all of life is on those seats. I noticed uh, two plaques. One at the top said... N, will you marry me, K? And then there was a date, like 1994 or something. N, will you marry me, K? Question mark, 1994. And underneath, it said, Nick, married Karen, 26th of June, 1995. So presumably she said yes, I'm guessing. That'd be a bit of a letdown, wouldn't it, if you bought the plaque? And then she said no. If you ever get to go to Clevedon Pier, it's only just off the M5. 
really worth going to see. And actually, I found it incredibly inspiring. 10,000 people. And sometimes you'll walk along a whole strip and you'll see the same surname all the way down a strip, but with different initials. And you realize that uh, whole families have bought whole strips of the pier. And when you walk on it and when you enjoy it and you appreciate Clevedon Pier, what you're doing is you're walking on the legacy that those 10,000 people have built by helping to restore the pier. And I found it incredibly moving. And what you realize as you read the story of Clevedon Pier is that it was full of ups and downs. But it was the vision of a very small group of people called the Clevedon Pier Heritage Trust, who fought for many years to get the money and the permission to rebuild it. It was the vision of a small group of people to restore the pier. And as they began to spread their vision, more and more people joined in and more and more people were involved and a remarkable thing happened. Now, if I were one of those people, I'd feel great about being involved in that. Great to have the opportunity to be a part of that, to be a part of something bigger than just myself. The ability to be able to just contribute a small part to the whole and to see this amazing thing built. I wonder if you ever long for the opportunity to be part of something bigger. Something that goes beyond yourself, beyond your own needs and wants and desires, and contributes to something truly remarkable. Build something bigger and more significant than you could do on your own. That is what God challenges us to be a part of. That is what God offers us if we live out the core zone that God places for our church and for our lives. The chance to be part of something bigger, something remarkable. And that's what our church is all about. And that's what this series that we've been doing together has been all about. The opportunity to join together with all sorts of different people of all shapes and sizes, all ages, all types, to pursue something remarkable. Together we've been given by God a core zone, a dream, a revelation for our church. It's his dream, his vision for it. And we have had to fight for it. And we have had to go through ups and downs, but together God has taken us on. And many who follow us will get to live and enjoy the legacy of the work we're doing. And many who don't yet know God will come to know him because we are pursuing this vision. Paul, one of the first church planters, one of the first people to start churches, understood the importance of seeing this dream or this core zone that God had for churches. And he writes this in Colossians chapter 1. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. And he goes on to say, Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions, for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in all its fullness. We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, 
so that we may present everyone fully mature in in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. This is the core zone that God has given to Paul. It starts with a passion for Jesus and a passion for the church, which is Jesus' body. The Bible tells us that. I wonder if we really get this about church. If you know me at all, you know that my overwhelming drive and passion is for the local church. Now, sometimes people ask me, or they say to me, would you just calm down a little bit? Church isn't that important. It is that important. It is Christ's body. Or sometimes they say to me, there are lots of other things I need to do with my time that are far more important than working or serving in the church. They aren't. This is Jesus' body. It is the very presence of God on earth, and Jesus is the head. It does not get any more important than that. There isn't any other better way to spend our lives than being part of Jesus' body and serving it. Paul goes on in verse 25 to talk about his commission to serve the church, to tell people about God. And Paul says, and I love this verse, that he will strenuously contend for the sake of the church with all the energy Jesus so powerfully works in him. All the energy. God has a dream for his church. God has a dream for us here at EBC. We are part of God's plans and purposes. And he is looking for people who will strenuously contend with all the energy Jesus so powerfully works in them to serve the local church. There is no higher calling. There is no more significant purpose. There is no more important thing that we can do with our lives than to give them in strenuously contending for the sake of God Through our local church, Jesus' body. This is the dream, the vision, the revelation, the core zone that God has for your life and for mine. That we would live and serve together to see the vision that he has given to us here at EBC become a reality. And there are several things that you can do to make that possible. Several ways in which you can strenuously contend for the sake of God's dream or revelation for our church. And we've given each of you a card this morning, which you can fill in in a minute, which just highlights some of the ways that in 2010 you could strenuously contend for the sake of God's dream and vision for our church. The first one is to show up and grow. Show up and grow. Come here week by week, Sunday by Sunday, small group by small group, and grow in your faith in Jesus. The second thing is to invite. Invite people to come with you. Invite your non-Christian friends and family to come to social events and activities that we run so that they can begin to experience the love of God. The third one is to serve. To serve faithfully and sacrificially in the life of the church. Because together, when we serve together, we can do so much more than we can on our own. The fourth one is to give. To give financially. 
And here I make no apology for talking about this. And I know often people find it a sensitive subject. It is not a sensitive subject. Jesus talked more about money than any other single subject. I make no apologies for talking about money. Because the simple fact is, the more we have, the more we can do. It's that simple. And we have a vision and a dream of what God can do in us and through us. And the more financial resources we have, the more we can do to seeing that realized. So I want to ask you, if you're already a regular giver here, thank you, bless you. Might God be saying to you, you could do a bit more. And if you're not yet a regular giver here, can I encourage you to be a part of that, to partner with us financially in the work that God is doing here. The last thing, and by far and away the most important thing that you can do, is to pray. Commit yourselves to pray for the life of the church. Pray that God's core zone for our church would become a reality. I am unashamedly and unapologetically asking you for your best in 2010. That you would join me in strenuously contending for the sake of this local church. Will you give of your best? Will you follow Paul and all the others who have laid down a legacy that we live under now 2,000 years after them? Would you follow them and follow Jesus? Would you give of your absolute best? Would you give sacrificially to the dream, the core zone that God has when he looks through his lenses at our church? Because together, God can and will do incredible things through us. And our names will be written on the plaques that are unseen that go together to build this church for the sake of God's kingdom in this place and around the world.